Last week, WWE programming added a few surprises to the show, but was it enough to spark interest? Or, as usual, does it leave you rolling your eyes in regret? You decide. Faux Over Wrestling. to So Over Wrestling with your hosts, Luke Barnes and Tex. How you doing, Tex? I'm doing good. How are you? Ah, oh, doing great. Let's go ahead and jump right on into this. Let's start with Raw. Roman Reigns came back. I know there's been a lot of discussion if it was staged, if it's true. I've seen a lot of heat on the internet about this, and I'd like to personally think that you know, I'm glad that Roman is back, that he beat cancer, that he's doing well. I don't want to be one of those guys that um, says it was all a sham because that, that's as much as they are tied into uh, Connor's Cure and other cancer organizations with WWE. I, uh, I think that would be a really low blow, and I don't think that's what they were doing. What are your thoughts? <clears throat> well, I just, for one, that would be despicable. Let's just get that right out the gate. Um, Vince McMahon, he might be a damn near 80-year-old carny, if we're being honest. But I I don't think he would stoop that. I don't think Triple H or Stephanie or Shane would let him stoop that low. Or Linda, who's a, you know, part of government now. Uh, I just... That'd be a lot of bad heat uh, coming off of that if they were, if that was part of it. And not only that, uh, Roman himself comes from, like, wrestling royalty, family-wise. You know, his cousin, or whatever his relationship, I don't know if they're actually blood-related, but uh, The Rock, you know, he's one of the biggest stars in Hollywood now. And um, that that would just be, that, that'd be a big risk to take, I think, and for a little reward. And he did look smaller because I've seen some of the arguments are like, well, he had all his hair. Well, if you really have leukemia, everyone thinks that leukemia is the same for everyone. As in, everyone shrivels away to nothing. They're completely bald. They just have no energy. They're just walking corpses. Well, that's not the true case. And especially being as fit as Roman was, I really don't see them using that as a viable excuse. I don't either. And if I'm being honest, uh, I thought he looked better, smaller. I, I honestly did. Um, well, I think now would be a good time. Maybe take it through WrestleMania, but after Mania, he really needs to ditch the shield music and ditch the vest and let him be his own character for once. He's never been his own character. He's always been the guy that was in the shield. Right. And that, whatever Vince was pushing. And he's the only one that never successfully uh, broke out from that. Uh, and look how over Dean and Seth were, and just yeah, completely. I, I often thought at times Roman almost needed a complete rebranding to where almost he had to wrestle under a mask because Vince shoved him down everyone's throat so bad 
that nobody, I mean, nobody wanted to have anything to do with him. And they put him in some really bad feuds. I mean, he wrestled the big show that one time for like 15 straight weeks. And, you know. Well, well that- also, I'm sorry, but they burnt the fans too many times. You can't put him as number 30 in the Royal Rumble when the fan, he has that much heat. It'd be different if he was a heel, but he wasn't a heel. He's a face, and he's got the, the fans were just booing, but yeah, let's let's ruin Royal Rumble by putting him as number 30. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I miss the days where the Royal Rumble winner wasn't telegraphed. You basically know who's going to win it going into it now. Oh, absolutely. Because the storyline is set up beforehand. I, who's the last legitimately surprising winner? Alberto Del Rio, maybe? Oh, man. I, wasn't a, I was not an Alberto Del Rio fan, man. And, and I'll tell you what, I'll get into that on another time, and I'm glad you mentioned him. One of my reasons of not being a big fan of him is uh, his move set and having one of the dumbest moves in wrestling history. And that move right there just irks me so bad that I can't even stand him. What moves that? Oh, let's just lay, you know, lay you in the corner. So I jump up on the top corner turnbuckle and then stomp you while you sit there and hold yourself into position. Oh, the trio. Oh, coup de gras. Yeah. It's it literally, it's like here, hold yourself up while I jump and stomp on you. It, it's, it's worse than the 619 because the 619, you could at least fake that you were knocked out and leaning over a rope doing that move. He, the person literally grabs a hold of the middle rope and holds it. Like while they stare at him jumping on them. That's that. I hate that move. It's funny you mention that because do you remember what Alberto Del Rio's first match on the main roster was? Uh uh-uh. uh. What was that? Against Rey Mysterio, and he won with the. If I'm not. If I'm remembering right, he won with the arm breaker or the arm bar. That was many, many moons ago, though. I have to look that up sometime because he was a good wrestler. He just, I never did care much for him. Oh, hey, back back on the Roman thing, real quick for a second. There is another little thing that irks me, and this isn't has nothing to do with like Roman himself, but within three seconds. A Roman walking out. There was somebody in this, the crowd with a sign. Welcome back, Roman. So unless he's sitting there with markers, I hate it when it's obviously that they plant a sign. <laughs> well, some people do like Roman Reigns. I mean... No, no, but welcome back. Like, really? Like, out of all the shows? Like, do you show up at every show with a welcome back Roman just in case he walks out? I think they announced it beforehand that he was going to be on Raw, like a week before. Did they? Um, yeah. Hmm. They said, I think they put it on Twitter or uh, Instagram, one or the other, that he was going to be there well, with a big announcement. If, if that's the case, that does make some sense. But one thing you can you got to agree on is when you see signs in the crowd like that from time to time, you can't help but roll your eyes like, really? You knew this was going to happen? I miss the Cesaro section signs. I'm a big Cesaro guy. Well, 
That's I like too, but you got to be the whole package. And unfortunately, he he's not the whole package. A lot of these wrestlers, a lot of these complaints I have, isn't necessarily their fault. It's creative's fault, and they can't help it that they can't sell a good story if they're not given good material. That's true, and um, they they don't do feuds outside of title feuds very well right now. Uh, the last big one that really sticks in my memory was Jericho versus uh, Michaels, and that's been almost 12, 13 years ago now. Yeah. Where uh, Jericho threw Shawn Michaels into the, the Jeritron, which is like a, a – TV from Walmart. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so um, just to go over a couple matches, um, a lot of times I'll watch these matches and I'll take little notes here and there, but most most matches, really, unless something really jumps out at me, I don't feel the need to choreograph or, or really talk about the whole match because really, to me, wasn't that impressive. But the very first match, and, and also I want to put out here in the ether and in, in, in this podcast that I'm watching Monday night raw. Usually I'm watching it live, but SmackDown and everything else I'm watching it on Hulu. So if I miss a match, by all means, let me know, let me know what I need to try to get my hands on a watch. Cause you know, sometimes when you look at the recording of Hulu the day after they'll cut matches, but in general, they're I- usually squash matches. So, I, I miss the days of the occasional local jobber squash match, you know? Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Because then they get um, – I'm, I'm friends with uh, several uh, independent wrestlers uh, that wrestle locally here, and they uh, – you know, it's nice to be able to see them get to step in a WWE ring from time to time. I could see that. But uh, uh, one of the take first – Taking RKO for – Oh, 500 bucks. oh, heck yeah. I'd take an RKO for five. I'd take it for less. Just heck, if if he gave me a T-shirt and an autograph, I'd take an RKO, man. Did you ever see that picture of him in the bathroom with the fan and his dad? Uh-uh. Google Randy Orton bathroom picture. It's hilarious. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. Definitely. Well, the first match, at least I believe it was the first match that came on, which... Uh, there's a couple things we can actually talk about this, and I know you want to get into this more later, but it was uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black versus The Revival. Now, there's one main note I put on there, and that's um, it was won by Ricochet and Aleister Black with a black mask kick. Now, I want to put out here that I really like that move, the black mask kick, because I hate what they've done to the super kick. And how are you going to revive the super kick? Well, at this point, you can't. Because when you got guys like, I mean, you could have someone like the Big Show at this point do a super kick. And and, and, the, and, the, and it's not even like a high kick. It's like a shin-level shin kick is a super kick now. And they've just ruined that move. Well, the black mask is just a spinning back kick. But dang it, that's... Probably the one of the closest things to Sweet Chin Music you're going to have. Well, it helps that Aleister Black's just a long and lanky person. It gets him like a, what's the best word for it? Uh, it just looks different from coming from him. Yeah, um, he's very uh, athletic, very flexible. Um, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of movement you you wouldn't expect from him because of his odd body shape. I mean, he's got muscular arms, he's got thicker thighs, but he's kind of he doesn't have a gut, but it, he's got a higher body fat percentage up front. But that dude can flip and move like lightning. He had a match on NXT a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago now, against Roderick Strong. Uh, and Roderick's not a big guy. And I, a lot of people didn't like it that. I thought it was very good. But I think that's why Aleister Black's just a bigger dude, you know? Not huge muscular build. Oh, yeah. Or, the man mountain, he's just a big guy, and Roderick's a little guy. He's and got a quirky uh, sense, sense of, uh, I don't want to say humor, but uh, something about his personality that I'm really liking because instead of being some cliche, just Bray Wyatt or Undertaker, just, grr, I'm a bad guy, he, <laughs> he does a lot of things where he's uh, just kind of like – where someone would go to hit him and, and he's gone and then they look down and he's sitting cross-legged on the ground staring at him. I mean, I, I just find that humorous. I like that. Michael Cole called him Moody. <laughs> and uh, everybody lost their shit over that because, yeah, of course. Even he was making fun of it on his Instagram. I think he photoshopped a picture of himself with the Moody Blues. <laughs> uh, well, Ricochet and Black won that match. Um which that we'll get into that later as far as um, the, how they're doing the NXT call-ups or maybe their call-ups, but um, they won that match. Um, those two really have no business tag teaming because they don't make any kind of sense whatsoever. But more importantly, why does the Revival have the tag team belts? They've not defended it successfully since they've got it. And I have never cared for the Revival. Oh... Um. Well, they were threatening to leave to go to AEW, uh, AEW, I think. I don't know if they ever said AEW, but they were threatening to leave. And they would have other options with, you know, like Ring of Honor. Or I don't know if they could go to Japan or if they could no, go to WWE, I would have been doing the buy Felicia thing because, I mean, yeah, I guess they helped out the tag team division in NXT at one point, but... They they've not really done anything that I mean they work well together. They're not bad wrestlers. I just don't really care for their gimmick. Well, they're a little short on tag teams on WWE right now, and that actually leads me into something I was wanting to say. Uh, we were talking earlier before we went on about the after WrestleMania, Raw after WrestleMania, SmackDown after WrestleMania, the call ups. Mm-hmm. Going back to tag teams, and I'll go back to Ricochet and uh, uh, Aleister Black in a sec. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think because who's the big stable in NXT right now? The Undisputed Era. The Undisputed Era, yeah. And they have been really giving them nothing storyline-wise. They run in, beat a few people up, then get their asses kicked and ran off. And uh, I think... They're keeping them in a holding pattern, and that will be the big reveal. Raw after WrestleMania will be the undisputed era. That's my personal opinion. I mean that that would be a good idea, but man, what would that leave NXT with though right now? Well, they they keep signing guys. They could always move people over from NXT UK. That's or true. just have to work the shows. They've got guys working two hundred five and uh, 
uh, NXT now. Well, they've, um, been, they've been all like sharing each other lately. I've been noticing, uh, you'll have an NXT guy on NXT UK and NXT UK guy on 205 live or NXT. And they're just all just rotating. And I, I think that's a good way to do it. Um, uh, I know the travel between Orlando and London's probably not the funnest, but they take multiple shows at once too. Right. So, you know, you can get around it. The hardest part um, about doing the UK thing is though, whatever they film there, people know days in advance, the results. So it'd be really hard to pull over a surprise. Yeah, that's true too. Well, you can say the same for NXT uh, as well though. But I'll say this, uh, I agree with you that Black and um, Ricochet should not be teaming. I would actually have Ricochet, if they're not going to give him a storyline right now, why wasn't he and uh, uh, Gargano and Ciampa added to the the Cruiserweight tournament for a shot at uh, Buddy Murphy, you know? Right. I think I was surprised He's a little too heavy, I think. He's built at like 217 or something. But Ricochet would do really good, though, in 205 Live. But the problem is, since 205 Live is kind of stale right now, I would hate to send somebody over there to just stagnate and die. Well, they need to stop typecasting them as just cruiserweights. That's their problem. Once they go to 205 Live, besides like Lucha House Party, who shows up on Raw every once in a while, what other cruiserweights do you see? Well, Mustafa Ali, he got moved to SmackDown, but well, he he uh, um, moved over. Didn't Arya Davari make an appearance a while back? Oh, probably. I think he made appearances over the years. Well, his brother was in WWE for a long time, and I think he's actually a backstage agent now. Hmm. Don't quote me on that, but uh, uh, I actually like Davari, and you could have storylines there are some speculating that either nxt or 205 will move to fox when that deal goes because smackdown's moving to fox sports i think it'll be on fs1 uh that'd be nice exposure for them actually hmm. <clears throat> i like I, just, I, I like 205 live i just hate to see people just stagnate there because uh man i always like that Jack Gallagher, man, and I like, I like uh, the Brian Kendrick. I always liked him. Uh, there's a lot of people I do like, and uh, honestly, uh, Drew Gulak, man, um, I like his <laughs> submission style and I like his character. Um, I think he has potential as well. Another prediction. I, oh, I agree. I agree. You saying Jack Gallagher made me think of it. Um, what I would like to see. As much as I like Pete Dunne, I would like to see him drop the UK title to Walter and then have British Strong Style move over to the main roster as well. Because I like factions, you know. And uh, yeah, uh, I would the like thing to. Is, if you don't form a solid faction and get a solid stable together, you end up with really stupid teams that nobody cares about. Um, what was that one team they had uh, about a year ago? Um, man, what was it? Because Bo Dallas was in it. Um, oh, the B team? No, With, uh, no, it was before the B team. The B team actually made sense. 
Oh, the Miztourage. No, no, that was the beast. No, no, it wasn't the yeah, it wasn't the Miztourage. It had um, oh, what's his name? Adam, um, the party time guy. Oh, Adam Rose. Adam Rose. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Rose. I, um, Bo Dallas is in it. I can't think of what it was called. But it was so stupid that everyone. Social outcasts. Social outcasts. Social outcasts. Yes. Like yeah. every time they came out, everyone's like, "Well, I guess somebody." Has to beat up someone, so might as well be them. You know what my favorite thing about Adam Rose was? What's that? Do you remember he was in the Nexus stable, the little Australian guy? He goes by PJ Black now. I can't remember what his name was in WWE. But he was supposed to start wrestling as Adam Rose's bunny. <laughs> he was. I don't remember if he was going to turn heel or if Adam Rose was going to. I think he actually did turn heel at one point. Uh but yeah, the bunny was going to be its own specific character. What was his name? I can't remember now. That's so bad. But uh, yeah, so I don't know if it was going to be like a luchador bunny gimmick or what it was going to be. <laughs> right. They they did. I can't find it anymore. But they did concept concept art of the uh, costume at one point. Boy, that would have sucked it. Because if that character would have got over, can you imagine wrestling in a damn bunny costume? Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's a promotion called Chikara. I think it's mostly in like New England or something. Uh, they have entire stables of guys that play different variations of ants, like fire ant and soldier ant. And, but those those kind of uh, they're called the Colony. They might have changed their name now. I haven't looked it up in a while. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I give you an A A for effort when it comes to the gimmick, but. Man, I, I if, if if the gimmick comes down to it's all about just the costume, you, you can lose uh, so much uh, um, entertainment and enjoyment out of a character if it's just about one thing. Um, hey, I'm going to jump back real quick to uh, not to Ricochet and Black because they won that match, squashed the Revival. I The Revival having the Raw belts right now, snooze story as far as I'm concerned. I, I really, I don't know if they're going to drop the belt soon or what, probably at WrestleMania. So who, did you not even who knows. them in NXT then? Say what? Did you not even like them in NXT then? I understood them. Like, I, I like their charisma together. I like a lot of their uh, double team moves. But they didn't wow me, really. It was just like, okay, so these are the top dogs at NXT because they literally have nobody else right now. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But Although I'm, not, I will say, I'm not saying they're bad, though. They, they are good wrestlers. That match they had with DIY was not the one from uh, the main roster a couple weeks ago, but the one at TakeOver... Is that Brooklyn 2? I can't remember which takeover. That was amazing. I think it may have been. In, they have had some good matches, but as of right now, they're kind of stale, and I kind of feel bad for them. Well, after after that match, um, my boy came out to play his uh, guitar, Elias. Well, <laughs> I like Elias. Did you download it? Say what? Did you download his album? Did I download his album? No, I didn't download his album. 
Oh man, I w- wonder how much it is. Nine ninety nine. Probably. <laughs> I never looked into it. Well, Elias <laughs> comes out to do his thing, and as usual, it gets interrupted, which seems to happen now every single time he comes out. Well, it was interrupted by Lacey Evans. Now, I've been watching Lacey Evans um, for a while now on NXT, and I, I can say that I like her wrestling. Like, I, I don't feel like she's sloppy or loose or uh, um, not skilled. But I don't know what they're trying to do with this whole Lacey just coming out and walking out and walking back. I mean, I, I know I've heard that they're uh, thinking about making her one of the next big people, the big names. But as of right now, every time she comes out, it, it comes down to everyone just going, what the hell just happened? I'll start this. I'll preface it by saying I was very impressed with her performance at the Royal Rumble. That's the first time I'd really ever seen her for an extended a period of time, you know? Right, right. And even though her throwing her sanitary napkin at somebody was kind of gross, I don't know that she, when you have Bailey and Sasha and Charlotte and Ember Moon, I know she's injured right now, Asuka, you have uh, EO and uh, Carrie Sane, Shayna Baszler. When you have those workers, uh, Alexa Bliss. I know there's probably some I, I'm miss, uh, Tony Storm in NXT UK. Uh, like I said, I know there's some I'm probably missing. But when you have that amount of talent, uh, and why would you want? And I understand the need to build one organically from within. Don't get me wrong there, but I don't know why you would want to force that when you have they're they're women's. Across Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, they're loaded right now, and they're signing more people all the time. You know, well, uh, I, will, I don't. I will say this though, in defense of Lacey Evans, they are not. They may be forcing us to pay attention to her against their own will, but at least they're not pulling the reins on her and just putting her in a match after match after match after match and win, 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 win. Right now. They're kind of just toying with her um, character and showing you that there's there that she's probably going to be the female version of the Miz is way I, way I feel about it right now. You know that wouldn't be a bad character uh, trajectory wise. Ooh, that would be a good fantasy booking. Uh, um, the Miz falling for Lacey Evans and Maurice like going after Lacey. <laughs> hmm. No. That could get in. I don't know if they would do that with Maurice just announcing they're having their second kid. That'd be kind of low bar. Yeah, now if it was Corey Graves, that'd be another story. But yeah, I don't think they're doing that with Miz. Well, <sighs> after Lacey Evans came out and walked back, then Dean Ambrose comes out and interrupts Elias. And they have a few words. And then he hits Elias with the dirty deeds. And then he's basically complaining how he wants a rematch with uh, Drew uh, McIntyre, and that segment was over. So that was kind of like a short brief, like, all right, that just happened, whatever. So moving on. um, 
I don't know why they turned Elias back heel. He was doing perfectly all right as a face. Um, he, he actually was doing good as a face. Uh, I, but I like Elias. I see good things in his future, just maybe not immediately. But if he can just hang in there, I, I think he's going to be a main eventer down the road because the dude's got wrestling skills. He's got the physique. He's got a good character. If he can just hold on, he can. I, I think he'll uh, be big down the road. I can see that. Uh, now, the next uh, match they had on Raw was Riot Squad versus Ronda Rousey and Natalia. And let me tell oh, you. Oh, that was. Oh, go ahead. That's, go ahead. Not, that's another name I forgot, Ruby Riot, one of my favorites. I forgot oh. about her. I can't. Oh, of course, of course. Well, that match, um, man, Natalia seemed like she was getting really slow, like she was really sluggish. Um, I don't know if she wasn't feeling well or if she's been on injury or what, but she seemed pretty sloppy. And putting her tag team with Ronda anyways was, eh, like, but Ronda just needs to be by herself right now. That's what, what she needs to do. Rousey needs to keep away and just do her own thing and perfect the character she's trying to make. Well, I don't think you could have her bury the riot squad all by herself at the same time either. Uh, that doesn't because they'll still be there when Rhonda goes away, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Becky Becky Lynch came out during all of this. Um, match was disqualified. They sent out the authority. She got in air quotes arrested. Um, then uh, Rousey calls out Steph, and this is where. I'm not going to sit here and trash talk Ronda Rousey for the fact that she's new. So she's the top dog. She's got the belt. She's got, I feel like she's got wrestling skills. I think she's been doing really great considering she's a real fighter trying to be a fake fighter. But damn it, that woman's got some work to do on her mic skills. Oh, she was all <laughs> over the place. She definitely could use a mouthpiece. Um, uh, I don't know who that would be. Honestly, I always thought that Lesnar was going to go away and she was going to be a uh, Paul Heyman, you know, girl. <laughs> that wouldn't be bad. Because um, then, then she could pull off a heel or being just a badass because, I mean, right now she's too wishy-washy. She'll come out smiling and be all like, Acting all cutesy wootsy, I'm happy to be here. I love the fans. Yay, yay, yay. And then she'll turn around and be like, But no, seriously, when I get mad, I'm angry. You don't like me when I'm angry. And it's like, just pick one right now, please. You're you're wearing me out. I think the what exacerbates that is the fact that Becky is one of the best promos in the company right now. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. Charlotte's good on the microphone. Um Oh my Becky, not Becky, uh, uh, Bailey and Sasha are when they're not being, having every line written for them. Um, it's the division's smaller compared to the men's roster. So and I know this is your biggest complaint with Tony Storm as well. Uh, the mic skills. Um, it stands out more when everybody is a smaller grouping and so many of them are so good on the microphone. 
Um, and and it's, I get it. It's hard, and and it's not something that everybody can do. Not everyone can talk on the microphone. I get that, and I don't. I'm not trying to say that they're just crap wrestlers. Um, but when you're talking about someone who they want to build up as the whole package that has the wrestling skills, the mic skills, the actual presence, the 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 drive to either make the fans love you or hate you. That you really need those three things to help like solidify your character, and that's what helps keep you on top. And right now, the only thing keeping Ronda Rousey on top is the fact that she's Ronda Rousey coming from UFC. Well, I think when she's not there, she should. And I say should. She's an adult. She has her own life. Um, going down to the performance center because they have those promo classes. Uh, that would help her a lot. Um, I've always said they should have videotapes when you're not in the ring. They should have videotapes of Ric Flair, uh, The Rock, CM Punk, uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, just watching them on loop. Or oh, absolutely. Watching- I'll tell you what I love um, when I'm driving to work. I'll put on old promos by The Rock or uh, – you sent me some CM Punk ones I was listening to the other day, and you really get a sense of what true greatness is on the microphone when you hear those guys talk. Guys like Punk and O'Brien, they said what helped them was they started out in gyms, you know, uh, wrestling in bingo halls and high school gyms, and you had to really connect with the audience on a closer level talking you know the smaller crowd to a degree you have to believe what you're selling and like back last year when um on i think it was talking smack when the miz did his rant about daniel bryan that was there was so much anger and heat and hatred that was it felt real and when he started talking smack to daniel bryan who had been retired at the time it was like at one point you kind of look at you know one another and go, "Holy crap, was that supposed to happen?" That's I agree. that's the mark of greatness right there. Um, well, they had really it can't go understated uh, how good their feud's been, and it's like almost ten years old now. Yes, and and I honestly feel. <laughs> From the depths of my soul, that Daniel Bryan freaking hates the Miz. <laughs> okay, so so um, I'm gonna shoot through a few of these Raw things that happened real quick just to get through them because, as usual, Raw is gonna take the longest part of this segment probably because it's three hours long and they got to fill it with a lot of crap. I mean, you're talking. A three-hour-long show, you might have 15 minutes of good programming. Let's just be honest. So they did after – oh, Rhonda, one thing I will give her, though, I know it's scripted, but I liked the concept of her telling Steph, hey, if I'm what's best for business, then this belt doesn't represent the best. And she just said she left it and walked out. So that was kind of a cool – move that Rhonda did for uh Stephanie McMahon saying basically reinstate Becky or I quit and that uh story, written in the story or not doesn't matter. That was that was actually an enjoyable part of that segment. 
Now, I think. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'll just no. If you wanted to say something else about that before I moved on. No, no, no. I was going to agree with you. Okay. Well, after that, they had a nice little squash match with uh, Jinder Mahal and Kurt Angle. Um, I I don't mind a squash match every once in a while. Um, that move that there's really nothing like impressive about that match. Um, and then of course. Angle does the ankle lock and submits him the end. Moving on. Um, Alexa Bliss goes to have her little show right now. Um, that uh, What was that called? Uh, Mo- a Moment of Bliss? or? Yep. Um, oh, I wanted to say something about Alexa okay. Bliss. Go ahead. I found out this week, and I can't believe I never knew this before. Her favorite band is uh, Bowling for Soup. Do you remember Bowling for Soup, 1985, uh, Girl All the Bad Guys Want, uh, early 2000s pop punk? Uh, no, I can't honestly say. I've never heard it, but I will be looking it up now, I'm sure. It's uh, made her very endearing for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I will give give to her is she's very um, pop culture-ish. She, she really likes a lot of the nerdy crap that a lot of us like, so... That's kind of cool, like behind the scenes anyways, like obviously character wise, she just, you know, special in her own way. But behind the scenes, she's very nerdy, but she came out to do her little moment of bliss segment. And I think you and I were talking about she was injured or something, so there's not much she can do right now. Yeah, she just came back at the exact wrong time. But her her gimmick right now. I don't really – when she had EC3 on the other week, and this week she had Finn Balor, and both times she's, like, all hot and bothered over their physiques. It's like, man, is this what every week's going to be is her putting some guy on there so she could talk about their abs? Like, I I got better things to watch than that skit. Well, You don't like Thirsty Alexa is what you're saying? It's – you got three hours – to fill and I hate it when they put in obvious filler that they're just like like I felt like during anytime they do that segment with her that someone in her little microphone in her ear or her little you know headphone is saying hey, hey stretch this out talk about his abs talk about how he looks <laughs> just we, we need to kill another five minutes right now just keep it going and it just that what it feels like it is well She's all like going nuts over Finn Balor's abs for some reason. And then Leo Rush comes out basically talking smack saying, hey, I came out here to get the belt from you to give back to Bobby Lashley, which was kind of a dumb statement in general. So Finn Balor ends up giving Leo Rush a title shot. And that match starts. And and that's another thing that I'm tired of hearing too. You know, just like pointing at that WrestleMania sign gets old. I really hate it now that they come out and they're like, oh, you didn't know you had a match? Well, guess what? You do. And it starts right now. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like the 30th time I've heard that statement. Let's just quit doing that dumb thing. Well, it kind of makes you wonder what they would do if how they would book a show if people didn't get into minor spats in the backstage area. Oh, you no know? joke necessitating a matchup or, or, or that's what I liked about Paige's GM. She actually books stuff a week in advance. Oh yeah. You know, absolutely. But like, 
this asshole's fighting this asshole, and the winner will fight this asshole. But you know, but then when you have little skirmishes backstage, which kind of like that we had exactly what I was saying, they had to kill time. Like crap, <laughs> we need we need to kill five more minutes. What are we gonna do? And they were back there brainstorming, and then they yelled down the hallway, and they're like, uh, oh hey, heavy machinery, come here, quick, 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 quick. They're like, Ugh. okay, hey man, <laughs> um, I need you. To go talk to, and then they saw the Ascension standing in the hallway. They've probably been sitting there for the past eight months, but they just left him there. And they send him over and say, "Okay, you go over to the Ascension and start and have them talk smack, and then you go get mad, and then you get into a little fight." And and it was just so boring. And I'm like, man, they can just left this out. They got to kill time, so you'll see that dumb stuff. I just unfortunate. Well, it's what it is. What it is. The Ascension might be the worst booked uh, team in the history of call-ups, I would say. Uh, I, I know when they were in NXT, they were they were basically the tag team division. Uh, but still, they're not bad in the ring. Um, their gimmick's neat. It's very Road Warrior-esque. Well, um, see, that's the problem, though. Since the Road Warriors... They've not been able to make another Road Warriors, and damned if they do, damned if they don't. They've been trying and trying, and every time they get someone, they're like, well, maybe these will be the next Road Warriors. Fail, fail, fail. It just doesn't work. Well, I would say you don't need to make another Road Warriors, um, but having something close isn't bad. Um yeah, but you just got to have the right gimmick, and they've not been able to have the right gimmick because to them, anyone they throw face paint on is the Road Warriors, and that's <laughs> not the case. Animal and Hawk had something called personality. <laughs> well, if you remember that, remember Heidenreich? Uh-huh. He was in, he was like a temporary Road Warrior teaming with Animal. Um, they had Sonny as a manager for a while, Tammy Sitch. Which I, I don't know why. Um, that's when I was littler. I don't remember that well off the top of my head. Um, they, uh, I like tag team wrestling, um, and I, I like the the champs in NXT UK right now. The where are they calling themselves? Uh, oh, uh, the, the is it the, the Grizzled Grizzled Young, Young Veterans? I like the one looks like Seth Green. Um, I can't think of his hey, name. I know, I know what you're talking about because to me, he looks like Seth Green and Shawn Michaels had a baby. <laughs> That's exactly right. Because <laughs> he's, he's smaller and he kind of has the face of, of Seth Green, but he's got the hair and the beard of Shawn Michaels. I'm just – no. Well, who knows Who knows what Shawn and Seth were doing 25 years ago? Yeah, you never know. You never know. Well, um. So Finn Balor has that match with Leo Rush, and it's it's a complete squash. I mean, he he beats up Leo Rush because he's about four hundred pounds more than Leo Rush is, and Leo Rush is a toothpick compared to Finn Balor. So that win is expected. Um, I, I like Leo Rush, though. He's gonna be a good one. He's only like twenty three or four. Yeah, but he, he's a mouthy little bastard, and that's why I like him because that dude has got some speed on him. Like he could be. Uh, like he reminds me of a young Rey Mysterio. I mean, that dude he can fly. So he's something so that will be somebody down the road. I think. I agree. Um, 
I'm expecting good things. And I don't mind him not even being on 205 right now. I'd rather rather him not. Uh, but I don't think he works as just a hype. He's too good in the ring right. to be just a hype man. Um, uh, I like Leo Rush. I'll just leave it at that. He, he's he's kind of a, a, a Spike Dudley-esque character that's so small that you wouldn't think they could do anything, but they'll be just enough of an annoyance to turn the tides more than once. So He's only marginally bigger than that nine-year-old that Braun Strowman won the tag team titles with oh, last yeah. year. Well, hey, speaking of Braun Strowman, the very next mass was, match was uh, Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman. The match didn't even start, and Braun Strowman, I hate how they've, like, take... He, he was this unstoppable force, and now pretty much anybody can beat up on him. But um, even dumber than that, the match didn't even get started, and he ended up just running and tackling... Not spearing, just shoulder tackling Lashley and Leo Rush, and then he left, and that was the end of that little segment. So you could tell that was one of those times to where they came out and they were expecting to do more, and they're like, "Crap, we're we're already we're we're too far behind. We need to speed it up." So someone called an audible and just squashed that match as quick as possible. Um, wasn't even really worth watching. Um, after that, it, that led to the Ambrose versus Drew McIntyre. Um, now, Drew McIntyre, he's a beast. I do like him. And, and you know my feelings on Dean Ambrose. I am not a Dean Ambrose fan. I thought the match overall was a good match. But uh, ultimately, Elias came back in since he did uh, dirty deeds to Elias earlier in the night. He came back and hit Ambrose with a guitar. They end up pinning him. McIntyre gets the win. And then Roman and Seth Rollins comes out to save Dean Ambrose. And so they had, it's like they wanted to do a mini shield reunion. But I think with Ambrose on his way out, it was just, they're, I think they're trying to kill the shield. And they honestly, at this point, they need to. Um,. Yeah, I would say they need to get away from the shield, but at the same time, leave it on good terms. Because like I said, I think Dean Ambrose will be back at some point. Um, I don't think, uh, what's the best way to word this? Um, the, the, the potential for a reunion should always be there, I guess is what I want to say. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm down with that, and I hope that when Dean comes back, he's if, got more of a per, or if he comes back, that he's got more of a personality and he cares more. But I just do not like Dean Ambrose, and as it stands right now, if he leaves and never comes back, I will shed no tears and sleep like a baby. <clears throat> now, um, after that match. Um, there was a Sasha and Bailey match versus Nia Jackson Tamina. Actually, excuse me, it was Sasha, or no, no, that was Bailey versus Nia Jax, I believe. Or do you remember? I I, I wrote this down, but I I, uh, I, think, I I don't. I think it was Bailey versus it was Bailey versus Nia Jax. That's what it was. But they were all four of them were out there. I mean, if anybody can get a good match out of Nia, it would be Bailey or Sasha. Um, 
But but here's a here's the problem though. They've done Nia Jax versus Bailey so much at this point that it was almost like, man, this is uh almost not even worth watching. But I will give Bailey this credit though. They really needed that match to be a quick squash match. And they still pushed that match longer than it should have went because um I think Bailey and them were like, Look, no, Nia Jax is a force to be reckoned with. We can't just roll her up and pin her. So because of that, that cut Flair's birthday party short. And I will give him this. I liked the fact that they, for a bit, they kind of had me going. I'm not going to lie. When they called out HBK and uh, Ricky the Steamboat Dragon, Kurt Angle, and Sting, I was like, okay, what dumb party segment are they going to do now because they're running out of time. They had less than 10 minutes to do this. And then, lo and behold, out of nowhere, Batista is backstage beating up Ric Flair, calling out Triple H. Raw ends. Now, what are your thoughts on Batista wrestling Triple H at WrestleMania? Well, I'll start this by talking about something else real quick. That was a nice swerve, actually, because what was everybody expecting? Becky Lynch to come out. Exactly. So that was good storytelling on their part. Or um, someone even mentioned they uh, they expected uh, Charlotte to maybe even come out and say, no, 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 this is about me, not him. And that would have been good. I actually think that would have been good. Um, as far as Batista goes and uh, Triple H, I don't mind. Um, WrestleMania is like seven hours long now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. Pre-show, it's like, I think it's already started when you factor the pre-show in. Yeah, um, So I don't mind that. Um, uh, Batista and Triple H, they, I mean, Batista first came up as part of a Evolution with, you know, Orton and uh, Triple H and Randy, uh, Ric Flair. So it, it's a nice little callback, and um, what I like, about Batista is when he does come back, he's not one of those guys that just shows up once every few weeks to push the storyline. He actually shows up and does stuff. Yeah, but um, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to lie. I was getting excited because I was going, yes, it is WrestleMania is, you know, a month away. It is so close. And Triple H doesn't have a match for once. Yes, because I hate that he gets his yearly, hey, I'm going to be in WrestleMania. I think he's trying to set some stupid record for most WrestleMania matches. And it would be different if he was still relevant in wrestling as far as wrestling on the regular. But no, they they said, what are we going to do to get people interested? And finally, they reached out to Batista and, and Batista's like, Oh hell yeah, I'll do it. And even if Batista is just a one-off match, I'll enjoy it just for the, what it is. But I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little sad and heartbroken that triple H will be wrestling this WrestleMania. What I like about triple H at mania and SummerSlam when he wrestles, though, he does it now to put guys over to help build their character. But WrestleMania has always been for one person and one person only, and that is Triple H. He is never, like, he does do that, though. He does put people over. But when it comes to WrestleMania, it's all about 
look who I am. Um, screwing the boss's daughter. Um, king of the world. This is all about me. And he does great things for that company. He really does. And I'm not taking that away from the man, but you're, you're either a wrestler or you're a businessman and doing them both. <coughs> but you know what? Whatever. It's WrestleMania. Get your match, Triple H, and, and be done with it. And then go back to doing nothing again for a full year. You know what I think this is, though? Um, uh, because Triple H will be wrestling as the face in this feud. Uh, oh, I would assume with Batista beating up Ric Flair. Uh, I think this will be the part, start of the storyline that we kind of talked about the other day that this will lead to a, a a power struggle between Vince McMahon and Triple H and Steph. That's um, possible. So Triple H does need to be uh, relevant. Uh, well, he's always going to be relevant just for who he is. and True. But he's relevant as an in-ring performer because I don't think if it was him and NXT guys versus Vince's guys, I think it would be Triple H on the team as like the fifth member. Uh, it'd be him and like DIY and Finn and mm-hmm. I, I don't know who the fifth guy would be. KO. Throw KO Ooh, out there. Yeah, there we go. That's my boy. <clears throat> and, All, uh, right. All right. So um, SmackDown. Thank God it's only two hours. <laughs> Um, though I will say two hours worth of programming on SmackDown has kicked the snot out of raw for the past two, three years now. So I, I totally dig SmackDown and it's my personal favorite. Um, they started the night off right off the get go with something that I really enjoyed for it being a squash match. And I and it, and it also hurts my heart a little bit to call this a squash match, but let's be honest, it was a squash match. But they had the bar come out versus the Hardy Boys, and seeing Matt Hardy acting as Matt Hardy along with Jeff Hardy, man, there's just there's something always special about that to me. I agree. Uh, uh, that was supposed to be. Gargano versus Cesaro. And I don't know what happened with that. If Champa, I think he hurt his knee. Yes. Uh, yeah. He probably did from that match. He had, uh, um, the other day where, uh, Cesaro was it Cesaro that he went to slam down and he hit his knee. I think so. And they were, if I'm not mistaken, they were in North Carolina. Uh, so it made sense to bring that be the Hardy boys comeback. Um, it's always good to see the Hardys, even though I, I worry about Jeff's health at this point. Well, um, they, they ain't, they're not going to be around much longer. I mean, they may keep coming back here and there, but, um, they, uh, for them to actually put themselves into running for any tag team belt right now would, I would fear for their health because, those guys have put their body through the ringer and back. And at this point, I don't want to see them become jobbers and, and just squash matches. But at the same time, it's like, man, I, 
I've already seen him at the top of the mountain. I don't want to see him climb that thing again and fall and die. <laughs> well, just don't let Jeff jump off the top of Titan Trons or anything like that anymore. That dude will jump off of anything, and you know nothing's going to stop him. I mean, I don't know how he's not dead yet, um, but that nothing's going to stop that dude. Nothing. Um, now, the next match was R-Truth doing an open challenge uh, for the U.S. title which I've always enjoyed when they done that. And I like that our truth is uh, doing his, what would John Cena do gag right now, which is hilarious <laughs> to me because he ended up doing the five knuckle shuffle during that match. And I loved it. And it, and it ended up being a three way challenge between uh, who's that? Uh, Andrade, uh, CN almost, which I think they just call him Andrade now, don't they? Yeah. They tend to shorten it once they get to the main roster. Right. So Andrade and Rey Mysterio. And uh, it was a, overall, it was a good, good, solid match. I enjoyed it very much. Um, I did want to bring up one thing, and I know I wrote it down here in my notes. And I think NXT, I think UK, I ran into the similar thing. And that's all these Huracaranas. Or these scissor head scissor takedowns. These moves are starting to get sloppy, to where once they jump up, they're not even wrapping the legs around the head hardly anymore. And then the, they throw these people, and uh, and I'm like, how are you doing a huracarana and throwing people when you're not even like grabbing a hold of them? You're not connecting at all. So it's just me being critical. I'm getting kind of tired of them botching that move. Well, I, I'll give Ray. You got to remember the average age in that match was probably close to 50 years old <laughs> with Mysterio and truth who doesn't age at all though. Uh, uh, but if you go do a head scissors takedown or a huracarana, you need to get those legs wrapped around the head. So when you turn it looks like you threw them. Oh, I agree with what it. What they're doing I, now is they're just putting the legs like up on the shoulders and they're turning and they're not even touching the head hardly at all. And then they're, they're like throwing them halfway across the ring. It's like, no, sorry. Didn't buy that one. That's a lot of the fast paced indie style wrestling that's going on now. Uh, I Like we've talked before about the spamming, the super kicks. It's right. the, the thing. Uh, well, it's the same thing. It's 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 the total destruction, and and total uh, dumbing down of a move. I mean, the super kick. I mean, but I mean, okay. I'm not naive enough to think that this hasn't been going on since the beginning of time. I mean, because let's be honest, the DDT to me is one of the most devastating moves in existence. If you do a DDT to anybody, I don't care who you are. If I do a DDT to you and put your face on that ground, you're not getting up. So, uh, they've done it to the DDT. They're doing it to the super kick, the Huracarana. It's the more and more and more they use these moves, they go from being a finishing move to just a move that everybody does. And it's just going to happen, but it just hurts my heart to see a move like a Huracarana suddenly just become a nothing move. I'll say this, uh, 
I had this in my mind. I like the R-Truth's finisher has essentially become the roll-up. Right. Uh, distraction roll-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wanted to say that before I forgot. <laughs> it makes me laugh. But that also wanted me to lean in what I was wanting to do, my fantasy booking for Samoa Joe, because the U.S. Open Challenge plays into that. I think I've discussed this with you before. I would like for R-Truth to call for an open challenge at Mania and uh, Samoa Joe comes out, beats him in like eight seconds with a submission move, uh, gets the record for fastest win, which I don't know if it'd even be possible to beat Brian and Sheamus. Uh, I mean, if, if it lasts longer, they could just gimmick the time to Vince does that. And then just have him do his own open challenge, but an open beatdown challenge where he just kicks the crap out of everybody till SummerSlam. And that would help build Joe back up because he should be a monster. He should be the final boss. Uh, and it helped build the U.S. title back up. Uh, that's my idea right there. Well, you know, you know my feelings on Samoa Joe, um, but I will agree with you in your assessment in. If he held that title, that title in particular, and I mean held it and became a beast, I, I would totally be down with that. Because that's a title you have to defend on the regular. Yeah, it's basically their version of the uh, television title. They, they do not need two Brock Lesnar's right now. They do not. <laughs> I, I don't even think they need one Brock Lesnar, to I, be honest with you. I will second that completely. Um, and I like that. So, so um, after after the the match, our uh, truth won that match uh, with a simple clean pin, which you know, good. Um, this is one of my favorite notes I've wrote in a while. Um, Charlotte Flair cuts a promo and says, "Blah blah blah, woo." That's pretty much Charlotte every time she opens her stupid mouth. <laughs> I cannot now. I will say this: villain-wise, that woman is. Hey, she is on it. She is on fire, and she is doing exactly what needs to be done. As Chris Jericho did it, as The Miz did it. When you have somebody come out like that that you just literally loathe and hate, she is doing her job. My biggest beef with Charlotte Flair is her in-ring ability. That woman cannot sell to save her life. Well, selling's becoming a lost art anyway. I'll I'll say. Um, uh, I don't know that you can really blame that just on her. Uh, okay, no, that that is true. But there's certain people, her in particular that you have to take that ownership. She is a legacy wrestler. Her father is the most famous wrestler of all time, hands down. I I, I challenge you to to tell me a more famous, because, I mean, everyone could say Hulk Hogan. Everyone could say that all day long, and that's fine. But every person on the planet, you know, my 80-year-old grandmother, if I said, woo, she would know who that was. Probably. So uh, you have a legacy wrestler 
you have to take that ownership and actually attempt to sell. And I have seen her take chair shots to where she didn't even flinch. And she just looked at him like, okay. Or people pop off a finishing move to her. And she just jumps up and doesn't say, ow, doesn't, I mean, she cannot sell. And to me, that is completely disrespectful to take a move that should be a finishing move and blow it off like it's nothing. Um, but, but you're right. That is something that people seem to be getting worse at. There's uh, a lot of that old school wrestling spirit isn't there anymore. But damn it, that still don't mean I don't get mad when I when I see you're not selling. <laughs> it's just chain wrestling in general. Um, like I miss back in the day. I don't know if you remember Bret Hart. Okay. He had a progression of moves. He had the atomic drop and the uh, the backbreaker. He had the trio uh, uh palms. To, I, I can't remember that one part of it. He had the elbow drop from the middle rope, the pile driver, which right. drivers are banned now. And all that led up. It, he had the bulldog. All that led up to him throwing the sharpshooter on. Um, and it made sense. It was a natural progression. He right. hit every part. And then and, when you pulled off that finishing move, you know, clues in the title. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to lean in closer to my mic. Finishing move. That means it's <laughs> over. You can't take eight super kicks. Brock Lesnar cannot do eight F5s to you and you still get back up. It makes the move worthless. But they do it anyways, and that doesn't seem to be letting up anytime soon. So you're just going to hear me bitch about this more and more as time goes on. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black had another match on SmackDown. Now, this one actually had my curiosity because in WWE fashion, they said, crap, we have a thousand wrestlers in our company. Who are we going to fight these guys against? And Vince says, grab their names out of a hat. And they go, okay, <laughs> screw it. And they throw all the names in there. And what's you got for the first one? Uh, oh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Vince. Put them in. Okay. So, uh, oh, here's another one. Rusev. Go ahead. Put them in. Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ricochet and Black. Okay. Now. Four wrestlers that are, you got the two upcomers, you know, that are doing phenomenal. You got Shinsuke, who should be running the place. You got Rusev, who should be running the place in his own right. And those two have no business being together as far as they they can't even talk to each other, let alone, like, work with each other. But now you're going to put Ricochet and Black and have Ricochet and Black win over Shinsuke Nakamura? Are you freaking kidding me? That's my biggest problem with the call-ups is they're being called up with no real story. And hell, uh, they teamed Gargano and Ciampa up right off the bat, and they've been in a blood feud for over a year now. You know? Yeah, but you know what? At least... They had something before the blood feud to where. Hello? Yeah. You hear me? Yep. Okay, just make sure, sure it didn't get cut out here. Growing pain sometimes with all the microphone and stuff. 
Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, they were in a blood feud, but at least they still had something going before. You know what I mean? Like they had something that made sense. Shinsuke Nakamura should never in the history of the world be paired with Rusev. I agree. And, I would and like- then to have Shinsuke go out like a punk to Black Mass is, I mean, it, it's stupid. It, it, I just felt like that really lowered the opinion and character of Shinsuke Nakamura. But what I will say this though, and this is with all due respect to any language, any foreign talent they have is when, like I said, you got to have mic presence and you got to be able to talk on the mic and Shinsuke, when he talks, he's got two speeds. He's got, you know, you completely slow and just weird or complete misunderstanding. Like you can understand a word that comes out of his mouth. (laughs) So it's, it's, you get one or the other with Shinsuke. So I think that ultimately leads to people not liking him as much, but man, his strong style he has is freaking deadly, man. It is crazy. Um, you know who I would team Rusev up with? Uh, this will sound stupid. I like Rusev much better as a face. I think he's a natural face. And who's the other big natural face in the company right now? Akira Tozawa. I think they would be a fun tag team. Uh, you could have Rusev. He could deliver his uh, sidekick that he does to the back of the head and uh, then have him just guard the ring as Tozawa does his uh, Centon bomb. And I just think it'd be a fun tag team. It'd give something, uh, give them something to do. And you could uh, keep Tozawa away from Buddy Murphy for a little while. Even though that match they had at uh, the EC was ridiculously good. No, no, I got it right here. It's a stable. It's called Another Day. It's Big <laughs> E, Rusev, and Keith Lee from NXT. Oh, that's a lot of meat right there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Combined weight of 1,800 pounds. <laughs> Keith Lee is, oh my gosh. Oh. For as big as he is, he, uh, yeah. I, 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 don't really... I just, I literally would like to see those three go arm in arm and just run across the ring and just knock, just plow through <laughs> people like there's just not even there. Um, okay, so after, after the Shinsuke, Nakamura, and Rusev, after they lost to Ricochet and Black, um, Lacey Evans made another appearance. Ugh. And she did her normal, like, comes at the top of the ramp, walks to the bottom, goes back. All the fans look at each other and go, was that Emma? <laughs> oh, it's a solid Emma Lena reference right there. It is. Uh, that that's, that's like, I think they're going to do something. And then one fan said, was that Emma? And the other one said, oh, no, that was, uh, oh, well, who's that redheaded chick? I got to throw that name out. Uh, 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 um. Oh crap! What was her name? She she uh she oh was, Eva Marie yes Eva Marie that is they're doing the same crap except for at least Lacey Evans wrestles. <laughs> it's true. So although, although Emma was amazing in the ring, still is. You know Emma, 
I, I think the biggest sadness about Emma was she never did get a good um, a good story, a good character. They were trying to repackage her. That wasn't working. Um, but she really could wrestle. So I do I do feel sad that she's gone. But I, what, what are you going to do? So after Lacey Evans came out and did her thing, um, Daniel Bryan... And Eric Rowan was out there, and they had a match with Kofi Kingston and uh, Kevin Owens. It was a tag match, a, kind of a bizarre pairing. Thrown together. Yeah, um, but I'm happy to see Kevin Owens back. So, What'd you think about him doing the stunner? You know what? It makes me smile and laugh every time because he's the only wrestler that has the balls to do a stunner. And then when Stone Cold's like, listen here, son, I'll have to show you how to do one right. Was was Kevin Owens say, I'm, I'm here. You know where to find me. Let's go. Like he, he don't even care. Like, and I just love it. And, and they've had that interaction on Twitter before. And it just makes my day. Um, Kevin Owens throwing a stunner in there. God bless you, man. Keep the, keep the move alive, man. That, that's, Way to keep it alive. I will say this. KO's looking a little cut nowadays. Yes, he is. Oh, actually, it's funny. Um, I actually wrote that in my notes. Owens hits Brian with stunner. Um, ooh, that suplex that uh, Daniel Bryan did to Kofi off the top rope. That got some height. He was on the top rope and suplex Kofi straight up in the air. That was a good move. Oh, well, man. Brian's even the time he missed, there's still a. You can still make a case that he's the best in the world. Not to steal gimmick infringement from CM Punk, uh, uh, and Kofi. That's what I think a lot of people forgot at, that he, since he's been a part of the New Day, that just how good in the ring he is. I'll tell you what, man. Though, man, Kofi. WWE, uh, that that's the whole point of me doing this show, man. This is one of the whole things. This is why I am WrestleMania to WrestleMania. I am getting into this, and let's give let's give this WWE a dying chance, man. And they are gonna miss this boat so bad if they let Kofi get away and let that storyline die. The fans want Kofi right now, man. They want him. Even if he pulls a Zack Ryder and holds that belt for a day, let him hold that belt. The fans want it. And if anybody deserves it, oh, it's WWE, Kofi. It's Kofi, man. That dude has chucked pancakes for years and done stupid gimmick <laughs> after stupid gimmick. And even when the New Day was on their title run, man, I loved, loved the New Day, even though it's like, damn it, they're annoying. And, man, they need to lose. And, the only reason they're holding the title is so they can beat that stupid record. Yes, but still, man, they, they all had charisma, and they worked perfect together, and they still do. But Kofi, he really needs to break out on his own. Big E really needs to break out on his own. Poor Xavier, man, though. Dude, he's got nothing. If that group, if the band breaks up, he's screwed. And he's a good wrestler, and he's a but nobody gives a damn about Xavier being a single right now. 
Well, he could always slide down to the cruiserweights. The thing with the New Day is though, you could have them be singles wrestlers and leave them as the stable. You could have Big E as the U.S. champ, Kofi as the world champ, uh, Xavier as the cruiserweights, you know. And I have, I have a feeling that they're probably going to have the New Day stay the New Day for a long time, if not their whole career, because it works. Well, I've read that, and I don't know if this is true, so take it with a grain of salt, that they said, they've told Vince that if they try to break them up, they'll just leave the company. So, Well, if you read it on the internet, it is true, so I believe you. <laughs> I've, I have heard that for several years now. You know, I, um, I, I had, you know what, I'm not even getting into it. This is a wrestling show, so we're not even going to go there. Moving on. <laughs> 205 Live. Um, but back, one more thing about that, oh, though. Go ahead, go ahead. How cool would it be, because they're saying that they might have changed the storyline now because of the reaction that Kofi's got, that they're going to have that be Brian's mania feud right now. And how cool would it be if, I don't know if they would do it on the Raw after since it's SmackDown titles, but say it's the SmackDown after mania. You have the big, uh, you have the Biggie and Xavier as the tag champs, and Kofi coming out as the world champ. That would just be amazing. And I, they, oh well, yeah, they, hands down, that'd be awesome. But let's be honest: when does Vince ever listen to the crowd chanting good things? <laughs> well, they changed his mind about Daniel Bryan five years ago. So yeah, after pretty much his whole family and the rest of the company was saying, "Vince, quit being stupid." <laughs> Meanwhile, That's, he's like, well, we don't need him, but we got Roman Reigns. They're like, no, Vince, seriously, the the crowd's booing. We get, we're tired of editing this stuff out. It, this is getting ridiculous, Vince. Stop it. Oh, no. Number 30 in Royal Rumble. Uh, Vince, stop, please, please. Oh, no, he's going to be top dog. Oh, oh, I said dog. How about big dog? Yes, like, like a yard. Dogs like yards. Yes, we'll have Roman say that. Vince, just stop. Please stop. But no, you need to throw more. You need to throw more dammits and pals in there. <laughs> uh, Damn it, it's gonna be our guy, pal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh crap! All right, so two hundred five live. You said Xavier could go to that. Wouldn't, don't you think he weighs too much for that? Because he's pretty muscular. He's building. Look at Buddy Murphy. That dude's a brick shit house. Right, Buddy uh. Murphy's a a freaking just a placeholder right now because they don't know what they want to do with 205 Live. But uh, Co- uh, Xavier is built at like 204 or 205. Really? So, yeah. See, the, what, what they need to do with this show right now, though, and that's why I always come back to this because everybody hated Enzo, but, man, I loved him. And I loved him because he was so annoying that <laughs> you just love to hate the dude. And he, and he made, was just... And he made that belt. So, like, like, I wanted to see people go kill him on a weekly basis over that belt. With Enzo, what really made his character was everyone else on 205 Live was just so much better in every way. In every way. <laughs> it hated him. Everybody. Like, no matter what feuds they had going together, they all lined up in a line and said, you know what? Screw this guy. This is bullcrap. And, and it worked, and it made people want to watch 205 Live. It made them want to watch it. Now, 
you you watch it next time you watch 205 seriously this is hilarious look at the front row while a match is going on you see no smiles no movement the people you have in the front row are there for one reason and one reason only crap we're at the front row everybody done went home for smackdown uh I'm gonna wait until the parking lot clears out before I leave. Do they tape that before or after SmackDown? I honestly don't know. After? Is it after? Yeah, most well, of the time well, it's after. I've said before they need to do it down at the Full Sail where they do NXT. Oh my gosh, people would we, they would go nuts about it if they did that, but no, can't do that. And it it kind of exists as its own brand right now um i think 205's biggest issue <clears throat> is they they shoehorn people into it and once they're cruiserweights i think we talked about this earlier and once they're they're cruiserweights they don't let them be anything else i mean yeah that you have the mustafa ali's and the, the occasional lucha house party or lucha dragons I almost feel like, and I don't know if this would be too much to do right now, but I almost feel like they need to have a another belt, whether it's a cruiserweight tag or a uh, TV title belt or kind of like the U.S. belt that's uh, defended every every week. I feel like they just need a little something more because they spend all this time building up certain people to go into the main feud over the belts. And as you said, they got everybody else that are now labeled as cruiserweights. What do they do? They're just all just in line, just waiting for someone to say their name again. And I, there was talk of them doing a cruiserweight tag title. I don't know what happened to it. And, and maybe maybe, maybe got... a tag isn't the right one to do. Like I said, if they did a uh, like a, a TV title belt or something that was a weekly defendable title. I think that would be kind of interesting, like kind of like they did with NXT with the North American Championship. Give them at least something else to, for the people who aren't going after the main belt, have them be able to be going towards something else. I think that the women need a secondary title as well. Um, I know they have the women's uh, tag team title now. Okay, but here's the thing. I, I love that they got the women's tag team title. And I love that there's a women's championship on both Raw and SmackDown. And I fully support, fully support their desire to make women wrestlers relevant. Because no time in history has there ever been the talent, legit talent, in wrestling that they do now. So I'm all for doing more with the women. The dangers is... They need to have something unique. They don't need to have, well, if we got a Royal Rumble, we need to do a women's Royal Rumble. Well, if we do an elimination chamber, we need to do a women's elimination chamber. If we do a ladder match, we need to do a women's ladder match. We need. I, I'm not saying that they can't ever do those, but sooner or later it turns into they're all doing the same stuff, and it's just, it, to me, it doesn't make it a special and that's just my opinion. I know there's going to be people, people say, hey, I love it, and they should just keep on doing it. But I think they need – the women need something special that the men do not have. 
So you're wanting them to go back to like lingerie pillow fights? And... No, 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 absolutely not. Um, <laughs> that that right there. I mean, I mean, I'm a guy. Guys are gonna love watching that anyway, so I'm not. I'm not knocking that. But well, that, with that would talent, be something that guys have. <laughs> yeah, because I'm telling you right now, a Braun Strowman and Rusev Braun Penny match would not go over. <laughs> oh, that's that's. That's unpleasant. It's Rusev Day. <laughs> no, no, no. Not today, Rusev. Not today. Um But uh yeah, they should definitely do something more with the women. Um and honestly, it's coming. There's gonna be some more going on with them. But in the meantime, we have one belt in two oh five live and it is horribly boring. Buddy Murphy has the belt. You know what I know about Buddy Murphy? His name's Buddy Murphy. That's what I know about the belt because it's so boring that I don't even care about Buddy Murphy. Um, first, first match of 205 Live was Kalisto versus Tony Nese. I like Tony Nese. Um, I really, His match? Oh, go ahead. No, well, I'll just I the only notes I really put about it because Tony Nese won that match earlier when I was talking about uh, sloppy moves. Kalisto did a head scissors takedown to Tony Nese that was god awful, but. Other than that, man, Tony Nice, um, he won that match doing his running Nice finishing move. Um, you want to talk about a strong style vibe? Holy crap! When he puts those knees into your face, that I, I, there's no way you fake that move. That just looks devastating. And man, I, I'm I'm down with Tony Nice. Well, that fight, uh, that match he had with Noam Dar a couple weeks ago, that's. That was amazing. Oh, every, absolutely. absolutely. Um, just start to fit. Oh, and Noam Dar might be on the shelf for a while now, too. Oh, and that's sad. Did he get injured or? Yeah, he uh, messed up his knee, I guess. Uh, man, that guy's some wasted talent, too. Just can't say. Oh, he's amazing when he's healthy. He's actually might be my, he's probably one of my favorite. I love his entrance music too. Okay. So the next match was Drew Gallick versus the Brian Kendrick. Now I need your help. Dig deep into your brain. What is the move called? Whenever one guy bends down and his head is directly underneath the other guy's head as he's facing him. And he wraps his hands around and holds the top of the other guy's head and just drops straight down. It's like a jawbreaker or something. Yeah. I don't um, know what that move is called. And I've been trying to look it up. But I want to tell you that Brian Kendrick did that move to Drew Gallick. And Drew Gallick didn't even flinch, didn't move, didn't nothing. And I was like... Holy crap, worst sell in history. That was wrong. <laughs> like, if I was in backstage, I'd be like, dude, he hit you with a move that when anybody else in wrestling history gets hit with this move, they at least pretend like it hurts. <laughs> I don't, I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. Um, I want to say there was about eight minutes left of the match, roughly. So maybe between the 10 and 8 minute mark. Um, the Brian Kendrick grabs a hold of him and does this move, and Drew Gallick doesn't even stumble. 
He like barely bends down and stands up and continues to fight. And I'm like, wow, they didn't even try to sell that. And also, man, Brian Kendrick had a bad deal back in the day with WWE. But let's be honest, man, he liked pot. And Vince told him to stop smoking pot. And he was like, but I like pot. So he got fired multiple times. And he's finally back in the good graces of the WWE. He comes back, rebranded, different color hair, got that nice Captain Morgan like goatee beard going on, coming out with a pirate flag, and he was a heel asshole. And man, I just, I hated him, but I loved his character. I stopped watching wrestling for about six months because I was so disgusted with what they did. I turned back on to 205 Live, and he's back to his clean shave, being a face, and holy crap, that dude sucks now. Like, they cannot, he just gets his butt kicked, and it, and it makes it makes my heart hurt because I know he's really good talent. Good thing that Kendrick does. He has his own wrestling school. Um, so, if nothing else, he has that going for him. Uh, I can't, I like him too. Uh, the sliced bread's an amazing move. Um, but he's at the point where he is uh, the get other people over type. Yeah, and you know what? If he holds on to that and does a good job, he could get moved up to the main roster eventually as something else. I mean, he's one of those guys that only time's going to tell what they're going to do with him. Which, by the way, during that match, if you listen close, the crowd starts chanting, this is boring. And they did it for like a minute and a half, two minutes. So that match was so bad that the crowd wasn't having it. And I don't know about you, but the announcers on 205 Live, I felt like they were talking like this. They were very slow. They had a very low tone to their voice. And then Drew Gallick did a move to... The Brian Kendrick and then Brian Kit and I'm like, oh my god, there, there's no like I was about to fall asleep through all of 205 Live, and I'm thinking, is it just me, or is the announcing staff on that horrible? So, I, I, who is 205? It's Brian Saxton and um, uh, the guy from the Bob Billions. I can't think of his name right, off the top. It's Aiden English. Yeah, yeah. And I like Aiden English, and he has the highest voice out of all of them, but he's also softer speaking. I think he, I don't know why they uh, switched him to announcing. Um, I think he got hurt. Oh, did he? Yeah, and and since they were probably backing off of the whole Rusev Day thing for a while, um, I think that's probably what happened, is I think they're just shelfing him for the moment. Um, trying to think. I don't really have anything else with 205 Live because it was just a quick show. Nothing, no major thing going on. I mean, uh, what's his name? Oh, Drake Maverick. He comes out and says, blah, blah, blah. We're going to work on next week is all these guys. And it's funny because he's like, he showed the tournament bracket for who's going to fight at WrestleMania. 
because they're like, oh, the winner is going to go on to WrestleMania to fight Buddy Murphy. But you're like looking at all these groups, and you're like, yeah, the you can you can just look at who's in it and know who's going to win. Bobby Fish is not winning that title anytime soon. I can assure you this. Oh, I like Bobby Fish, but I then do, again, that I goes too, back. But he's not going to win it. It goes back to my lack of the undisputed era. All right, so speaking of undisputed, um, NXT. Um, not really, wasn't a bad show, wasn't a good show, um, but it, it actually was a little bit different for a couple reasons. Number one, right out the get-go, uh, Ciampa came out and talked to Johnny Gargano and basically said for the Dusty Rose tournament, hey, let's form DIY again. And uh, they've been tag-teaming a lot lately on the main roster, so why not? And honestly, if it wasn't for the fact of Ciampa being the top dog of NXT and Gargano being the top dog when he was North American champion, which he doesn't have now, um, those two guys, man, they were forced to be reckoned with as a tag-team. I mean, I love DIY. Oh, I did too. And Gargano's... He's actually got a stake that he's the best wrestler in the world right now. I know I said that about Daniel Bryan earlier, and I don't want to get too uh, have too many guys. I'm saying, you know, they might be the best. Well, here's the but, thing about Gargano, though. If Gargano works the next 10 years uninjured and continues to be as relevant as he is now, hands down, I'll agree to that. Hands down. He just needs time. But what he's done in the short time he's had, man, I'm totally down with Johnny Wrestling. I'm totally down with that whole statement. And um, I, I cannot get enough of watching him wrestle. He's just and, – and I tell everybody all the time, my favorite finishing move right now – well, not, not even a finishing move, just my favorite move in wrestling is the slingshot DDT he does. When he drops that move on you – it is just brutal and savage, and it's out of nowhere, and hands down, my favorite move. Well, after Gargano and Champa did their little handshake, then Gargano went out, and I think you said that was his wife, right? What, what's her name? Candice LeRae. She was outside, and she's like, really? Really? I hope you know what you're doing. And she walks off all pissy, so okay, there's a little anger, hatred, story, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Moving on. Um, Vanessa, the bad thing about oh. Candice LeRae is she's an amazing worker herself. Right. Like, um, she's not her husband, but not many people are. Uh, she could be a force in the women's division on the main roster. And I hope she is at some point. Well, that's all, I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, I, I, I absolutely, I'm all for. Not only having more women, but more talented women. So bring it on with her, man. That's all I can say is bring it on. Um, the they had a women's match next. Uh, Vanessa Bourne and uh, Aaliyah, I guess is her name, versus Tanera Conti and Zhao Li. Or I think that's how you say her name. Zhao Li, Zhao Li, Zhao Li. Yeah. Um, I I like to call Aaliyah uh, Carmella Junior. 
Okay, uh, okay. But uh, isn't uh, Tanera, isn't that the, uh, um, oh, what, 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 what am I, Brazilian girl? Yeah, she's from Brazil. Okay. She's I only like 22 or 3, too. I, I, I think she's actually a good wrestler, but unfortunately, they lost to Vanessa Bourne, um, who, by the way, Vanessa Bourne and, and Aaliyah came out like, it's like they showed up in a lingerie match. And it's like, oh, we didn't realize this was a real match. Like, what they were wearing, I'm like, wow, it, you know. Somebody went to Fredericks of Hollywood to pick out their outfit. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, whatever. They don't impress me. Um, more importantly, what does impress me was the next match, which though it was, it ended via double countout. It was Keith Lee and Dijakovic. And let me tell you, those two guys are mountains, mountains of men. These two guys if they would full speed run and connect with each other, no doubt there would be a black hole formed. These guys are just pure energy. And uh, Keith Lee, it can't be talked about enough how much natural charisma that that guy has. Uh, he's just, he's kind of like uh, Nakamura. He just oozes it. Um but but you see you see Keith Lee and you go dang that's a big guy, but then you see him against Dijakovic and you go oh crap, that's a big guy. But then you see Keith Lee walk up to Cassius Ono, and you're like, holy crap, he's a big guy. Like, because if you're yeah. if you're towering over Ono, and if if you could fit an Ono inside of you, you are a ridiculous big. And the impressive thing about Dijakovic is he moves like a cruiserweight um, with as big as he is. Um, I worry about him going to the main roster because you know Vince is going to drop his name. He'll just be Dominic. And <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I think they should drop drop the Dominic and it'd be Dijakovic. I think that, that would be a cool. You know. Oh, I thought of that. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, if they're going to do a one name thing. I'd stick with Dijakovic because you can say it. And it just flows off the tongue. Now, after that match, um, I was impressed. Um, Sasha Banks and Bailey came out and basically showed off the new women's tag team championship belts and thanked the NXT universe. And they were really humbled to be where they came from. And it wasn't really about who they're going to fight next. It was more of a, hey, ladies backstage, we were where you were at. You could be here too. And I think that was a really, really cool moment and uh, also solidifies the importance of women in wrestling right now. Those belts are beautiful, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I, I You know my biggest pet peeve about all the belts is can we slap more WWE logos on them? It's like it's like Vince is like we don't want them to forget who they're watching. Well, I think they know Vince. No, no, we need more W's. Well, the <laughs> women's tag belts, beautiful, beautiful belts. I think all the belts should be just like those. So, anyways, they came out, did their thing, and there was no fights. There was no story. It was just kind of a, a humbling, 
thank you all for supporting us. And uh, the match ended, unfortunately, with uh, Samoa Josephine um, and, uh, oh, well, I mean, Baszler. And uh, <laughs> she fought Mia Yim. Oh, yeah. That's the Asian that comes out all, like, gangster, like, with the do-rag and the colored hair. Like, she's going to beat you up a long time. And Baszler comes out and beats her silly and wins via submission. And it was just boring and not worth a watch. And, unfortunately, right now with Sasha and Bailey being gone and Ember Moon being gone and... I, it's just I don't, I don't know who they're going to put the belt on in NXT right now, but I'm over the whole Shayna Baszler. I, I really do not like her at all. Well, I logic says it'd be Io Cherie, and I know I'm probably not saying her name right, but at the same time with these new tag belts, and I know they're moving between the rosters, but I I almost think the Sky Pirates need to be on the main roster. So that leaves what's her name, the ponytail girl. Um, I can't even think of her name off the top of that board. Thugisha. I mean, I, I don't know her. Her gimmick's stupid too. But she's kind of been showing some heel tendencies over the last few weeks. Um, she's the logical choice. Yeah, I, I, I can see her. Her actually. Uh... Her getting it, and honestly, if she got it, it, I wouldn't be upset. I'd be like, you know what, go get it, girl. Get it off of that. That oh, I don't think that has the belt now. I don't think you can put something on the Sky Pirates that would keep them in NXT. Well, That's here, my problem. Here, here's the problem I have with the Sky Pirates, though. Okay, the same problem I have with Oscar. The same problem I have with Shinsuke Nakamura. How do you don't talk? like it? How do they talk? Oh, my joke went over your head. No, 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 no. It's not. I don't like Asians. I, I, I as I will say straight up, Shinsuke Nakamura, pound for pound, skill set for skill set. I would rather be hit and punched by the big show than to take Shinsuke's knee any day. That dude. See, the big show makes you hurt. Shinsuke causes internal bleeding. Like <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you go home later and you're like, I, why am I bleeding through my ear? So, yeah. Um, but with the uh, Sky Pirates, they you got to have women who have some good mic skills and uh, you really don't hear much from them. Uh, I think Kyrie Sane can, can speak pretty good. Um, I don't know about the other one, though. Did you see the video that uh, uh, Matt Bloom, Albert, posted? I guess he does a thing where he scares people oh, when they no. bring him into his office, and he posted on Instagram. He got Carrie saying the other day, and it was hilarious. Okay, I'm definitely looking that up. I got a matter of fact. You see, here's what you need to do, ma'am. Um, so right now I am working on our actual page. Um, to get our page all up and running, um, at the bottom, I'm going to have a little cork board that's going to have two things. Number one, a section for blogs, and another section is going to be um, like for contests or notices or 
whatever else. But um, when you start acquiring this kind of information, I believe I have you set up as an admin for the Facebook group, So Over Wrestling. And if you're not, I'll get you made one. Start posting that stuff when we see it. We'll start sharing that stuff too because there's a lot of funny content out there. And especially if we're talking about it here, I want to be able to uh, let the fans, you know, look it up later afterwards. That'll work. All right. So, oh, go ahead. No, something I've been thinking about with NXT, mentioning that. I almost wonder if some people, because I don't think they're – salaries are that much less. I mean, I'm sure they're less than the guys on the main roster, but at the same time, you're in the same spot. You have that world-class gym that you can go to every day for free. You're basically just traveling. It's basically like being still being on the independent circuit while being in WWE. And I almost wonder if there are some people that just don't prefer that or wouldn't prefer that. It's something I've been thinking about lately. Well, I think they're too good for the independent scene and that they should just shoot straight to the roster and not pay their dues? No, no. I mean that they get to NXT and they can stay in one spot. They're not traveling all over the country. Oh, they're still I, making I, I see what you're money. saying. They're just being content, just being locked down there rather than yeah. travel the country. You, you still have your tours, but you're not everywhere in a different city every night. Sometimes halfway across the country I don't like know. you are I, I don't know I think there are people like that but at the same time you if you want to live that life and you want that to be your career you want to be immortal you want your ultimate goal should be that after you've retired for 20 years the crowd is still going what what <laughs> what that's the kind of legacy that you know, everyone's going to go, woo, till the end of time, period. That's the kind of thing that ultimately people want to do. And I think as a wrestler, unless you're stuck with a horrible gimmick, <coughs> Cody Rhodes, um, you know, he had to leave because he didn't want that to be his legacy. So I don't know. I think there are people that are like that. But on the other side, I think uh, – if you're going to put your body through that, you'd be a fool not to want to be king of the world. You know what I mean? I see that. Yeah. Now, to finish up the shows, unfortunately, and, and I'll say this unfortunately because I've been enjoying it recently, until this show, NXT UK. Um, Tyler Bate and Jack Gallagher. I hold Jack Gallagher in a higher esteem, um, at least I used to. And Tyler Bate, all right. Like I, 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 you know, I, I like him. I don't like him. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm very uh, neutral with Tyler Bate right now. It could go either way. That match, Ty, Tyler Bate won because they brought Jack Gallagher over to NXT UK for one purpose only, and that's to help push over Tyler Bate, which I respect that. But my God, the lame submissions that Jack Gallagher was doing. It looked like somebody who's never fought a day in his life is just randomly twisting and moving arms and legs. And then like there was moves that he was putting Tyler Bate in that he was selling. Like Tyler was, ah, ah, I'm hurting. And I'm like, he's squeezing your ankle, dude. Like he's not even twisting it or bending it or it. it 
and he's like, oh, he's a master of submission. He's not even bending anything. I don't get what's happening here. And I was so bored with that match. And then they get to the end and they do this stupid rolling pin that they pinned each other, I bet you, 20 times to where, you know, they're both got each other in a, uh, like a roll-up pin position. So one of them pins his shoulder, then they roll to the side, pin the other, then they roll to the side. So they're doing this circle where the ref just keeps getting one counts. And I bet that I bet he crawled around and chased them doing 25 one counts. And I'm like, this is stupid. They need to stop this. You know what's weird is I actually really enjoyed that spot. Watching the ref chase him around cracked me up. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to lie. You know what? Then they did their job because – that good, good on them that they they got somebody to chuckle at them. Myself, I might have chuckled if I didn't set through fifteen minutes of Jack Gallagher, like just holding the dude's hand and not doing anything to him. So uh, it's I, worth noting about that that um, that show was actually in the states. That was in Arizona, I think. That was taped at a. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, Royal Rumble weekend, I believe. Um, and that crowd wasn't particularly good. And I, I, it wasn't loud either. It's almost like they didn't have him mic'd very well or they no. weren't in a place with good acoustics. Right, right. Now, because hey, it, it was pretty silent. I will say this, though the next match has got your boy in it. It was Walter versus Ono. And every time I hear the name Ono, I think to myself, Oh no, I gotta watch this crap again. Like he just Chris, uh, I'm not a fan. Well, he's for as big as he is, the way he moves, and he's getting older now, I'd say he's at least close to forty. I I don't mind him. Um But I will say this. He's, I will I will give him this. For the first time, they've been building Walter up this whole time. That dude pulled off several, and I mean several moves to Walter, hit him multiple times, and they actually made Walter feel more human. As in, okay, as long as he's fighting someone his size, he's going to have a fight, but anybody else he's going to just run through, and I respect that. Walter, I've watched a lot of his indie matches. Um, I think I sent you that one against Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, yeah. Or not, not Zack Sabre, uh, Will Ospreay. Will, yeah, um, Ospreay. It was Ospreay. Uh, th- he does well against smaller guys. Um, they throw that speed into it. But, man, once he gets a hold of them and starts chopping, you know, <laughs> right. you can almost hear the chops from here. And I love his powerbomb, man. Uh, the Walter's powerbomb reminds me very much of uh, the Batista bomb. Like, he's very – like, he bends down, and when he powerbombs you, he wants you to feel it. What I like about Walter is he's he's got the whole dad bod thing going, kind of like Jericho now. Uh-huh. He looks like after his match, he's going to head out to the parking lot and grill some steaks, yeah. you know, right? in a novel apron. Now, um, the next match was the Grizzled Young Veterans versus uh, Lorkin, Lorkin Orny, is it Oni? Yeah, Oni, Lorkin, and, um, and, and Birch. That's a team I would move to the main roster too, Lorcan and Birch. You know, I, I think 
I'll say this though, because the grizzled young veterans won that match, but that match was very slow. It was very boring. They won with a clean pin, but the one part that really bothered me was that Birch is it is it Danny Birch? Yeah, Danny Birch was. I mean, the 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 grizzled young veterans had him worked over. I mean, they had Birch just couldn't move. I mean, crawl into the corner and he tags, you know, Lorkin in, and Lorkin comes in and he goes to the corner and he does a few moves, like literally like two or three moves, runs right back to Birch, who now suddenly is a hundred percent full energy. He wasn't. I, he wasn't gone fifteen seconds, and now he's fully recovered. Um, man, you got to sell better than that. I personally, I really like that match, but like I, said, I like Lorkin and Birch. Um, uh, so I, I won't critique it much that way. I see what you're saying there. At the same time. Well, if that's the only thing I could pick out of that match, though, that really bothered me, then it was an overall good match. But it was a slow match, and like you said, the sound didn't sound like it was quite there, so I don't know if it was just boring or if it was just bad sound, but I didn't... There wasn't any moves that just made me go like, oh, damn! Like, that's what I really want to see when I'm watching this now, is I need to see more, more value, more... I need more gasps, more like oohs and ahs. And, and that match was just like a standard. I didn't feel like it was a title match. I, I can see what you're saying there. Um, by the way, I just looked it up. I was curious. Uh, Tyler Bates only 21 years old. I'm a big fan of Tyler Bate. Like I said, I would, I would move British strong style him done and Trent seven up to the main roster. Um, I don't know what brand I'd put him on. Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, for the people out there who are not familiar with Strong Style, what is British Strong Style? What What is um, – because I know I'm familiar with the Strong Style of uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, so that's more of a Japanese uh, Strong Style. So what's the difference in British? Is it about the same thing or – I think it's just a play on that. Like they're British people wrestling as Japanese Strong Style. If I had to guess. Because I felt like, just by the few matches that I've seen, I felt like it was more of a um, solid grasping of wrestling moves. Like, if you did a submission, it didn't feel like you were just doing a simple arm twist into, like, a uh, to an arm bar. Like, I felt like, just by me watching it, I felt like what they're doing an arm bar, I felt like they were going to break the guy's damn arm because it just felt like he was <laughs> applying that much pressure. So I just think yeah, Pete Dunn in and of himself is main roster ready. Uh-huh. Um, and in fact, I would have him drop the title to Walter, which I thought that was happening this week, but that must be happening at their next takeover. Um, or they'll hold. Well, I mean, the next takeover is WrestleMania, isn't it? Right. Night before WrestleMania. I don't know when the next British takeover would be, actually, because they have their own now, too. That's right. They do, don't they? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I do like Pete Dunn, though. 
and he's a technically a cruiserweight himself. Um, but I would think, and I, I like the mustache mountain gimmick that bait and seven have. Um, I think that would get over well. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I can I can say that I like Mustache Mountain too. I'm I'm not I'm not against them. Um, I feel very just awkward saying Mustache Mountain every time. It just doesn't sound right. Like <laughs> I, I feel like it. It's just I don't know. I don't... <laughs> it, it sounds like I'm hanging out in a club that I wouldn't normally hang out at. It. You know what I mean? It just. But uh, that's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here I'm gonna. We are approaching the two hour mark. Um, we got about five minutes left on this. Um, for our first podcast, I wanted to just basically go through all of this and, um, you know, kind of break down the shows, uh, give us a. Just see actually how long it would take us to go through all five of the shows and, and ideas and thoughts. Um, I know you would like to do this uh, fantasy booking. Um, we kind of incorporated a lot of that into um, what we are already talking about, but I'm also wondering if we should do a fantasy booking like episode, like like midweek, maybe one morning before I head to work, I could throw another episode in that'll be just fantasy booking. I mean, I'm curious about your thoughts on that, um, or we could add it to the show. I don't really care how long we make these podcasts. Uh, this we're basically mainly going to judge this off of uh, what fans will say about the show because I do want to do a lot with this podcast and I do want to have contests and I want to um, have this available on multiple formats. That way, if you want to listen to it on Google Play or iTunes, that it will be available to you. So. With that being said, there, uh, Tex, um, what do you think about having uh, a segment, you know, midweek to where it could be Texas uh, Roundup or Texas uh, um, Fantasy Booking or something like that? What are your thoughts there? Well, I don't mind just going at it, like, as it comes up. But, like, uh, I did want to talk about Bobby Roode. And and, and, I, and and I do want to talk about Bobby Roode. Uh, we're, we're still going to talk about it on this show because I want to uh, throw that out there to where we can run with it there. But I just wanted to mention it to you. Like we could almost make a probably a 30 minute to hour long little podcast uh, in the middle of the week in the morning sometime or something uh, doing the fantasy booking as well because we just went through all five shows and it's taken us two hours and I'm like, heck yeah, that's, I, I'm, I'm actually impressed right now. So <laughs> work because there'd be a lot, there's a lot to talk about leading up to WrestleMania. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I would like to get, um, down the road, especially in and, and folks, this is all going to come down to who's listening to us. If there is anybody who's actually made it to this point in this podcast, God bless you. I can't believe you listened to us for two hours because that's, that's incredible. Good on you. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to us. Um, but you have a point there, Tex. There's so much we could talk about leading into uh, WrestleMania especially. Um, I have another 
um, individual um, by the name of Stephen Rabowski. Um, I hope I didn't butcher his name. I'll get I'll get to the bottom of it. Um, there's some things that he wants to contribute as well. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do a little like a news segment with him midweek. I, I don't know what all's planned yet. So I'm I'm toying with a lot of things, and uh, some things are going to stick, some things aren't. But the bottom line is, if you all want to listen to us talk, we'll be here because I will personally make sure that there will be a show each week, if nothing at all, one show a week. And if I can get enough people interested, man, I can get, I'll set up some contests. We'll do some shirt giveaways. Um, there's, I, I got a lot of ideas uh, going on upstairs right now, but most importantly, <laughs> I need all of you and need your feedback. So let's go ahead and move on here real quick to um, a sample of what your fantasy booking ideas would be there, Tex, because uh, I would like to end the show on thoughts on a, or on a, on, a, on your fantasy booking segment. Just uh, give us an idea of what that would be like. So the floor is yours, sir. Well, I kind of got into it a little bit earlier with like Samoa Joe and how I would bring up. Uh, I think the undisputed era and British strong style and Lorcan and um, uh, that tag Lorcan and Birch that tag team they're all main roster ready. For future reference, like, so I just got to stop you real quick. Every time you say the name Samoa Joe or Charlotte, I'm going to have to stomp a baby chicken somewhere. So just use those <laughs> use those words very, you know, at your own risk there. Just be careful. Should I just refer to Samoa Joe as like a Tonga Tim or something like that? Um, just I don't know. Uh, Fatty Dum Dum, that's a good name for him too. Or, <laughs> or uh, um, the Walking Tuba. Oh, if he was a walking tube, uh, uh, Xavier would probably try to play him. Um, uh, <laughs> that, that's a math thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyways, I'm getting off topic here. I apologize. Uh, continue. <laughs> so what I, what I would say is, um, I would break up Bobby Roode and, um, Gable. Uh-huh. Cause, um, I like Gable. Don't get me wrong, but Bobby Roode, he's just wasted in, the tag team division. I know when he was in TNA, he was in a big team with, uh, I think Austin Aries, if I remember right. And they won a bunch of tag titles, but that guy, he's, um, he's got the size and charisma for days. He should be, if you don't have him as the champ, he, he's got to be the, one of the top heels. He, he should be a heel first and foremost. He does not work as a face at all. The, his entire glorious gimmick is tailor-made for a heel. Um, and he just needs to be the guy. I don't know how I would book it. I think it would be a slow burn. I, I don't know, though, man. What do you think about him and Owens being tag? <sighs> That's another guy I just... If you're going to tag Owens, it's almost got to be with Sami Zayn at this point. Um, I, I don't know that another team with Owens would even make sense. Okay, but come on now. Sami Zayn is a horrible heel. Well, yeah, but he's, Kevin Owens is a face now, apparently. Well, that's true. It wouldn't make sense to do it right now, but if Kevin Owens was doing, like, I'm better than everybody thing, combine that with Bobby Roode's I'm better than everybody thing, whenever he's being a heel, I think that could be a very... Uh, 
no pun intended, glorious situation. <laughs> and it really, everything depends now on what they do with the next uh, superstar shakeup, the draft. Um, I don't know if he ends up back on SmackDown. Um, I, it's kind of hard to say what you would really do until then. Um, and I know I gave ideas for Samoa Joe at the same time, and he could end up on Raw. Um, I just think that he should be in the main event. I would feud him with. I would move him to Raw and feud him with Rollins. Um, to be honest, hmm. even though I kind of like the idea of a slow Rollins heel turn, because if I had my way, Rollins would beat Lesnar clean. No help from Roman. No help from Dean. That no turn. That ain't, ain't going to happen, though, man. And I, I told you, the only way he is going to beat Lesnar clean is if he drops a piano on that dude's head. Probably. Or he jumps into a ring with a gun and shoots him in the chest first. I mean, they've built Lesnar up to be this undefeatable force. And the only one that can beat Lesnar is when they play an angle like they did with Bill Goldberg with... Like, he came out and just demolished them. And that, I thought they were going to have something when they started messing with Braun Strowman, making him unstoppable. But now, they've made Braun Strowman as intimidating as a box full of kittens. (laughs) I don't know. Kittens are pretty fucking mean. Um, I wouldn't want to mess with them. But I... that would be the best way. You have Rollins beat him clean. I know it's not going to happen. But then he gets cocky, and, you know, he's the one that beat the beast clean when no one else could. Eh, I, can, I can see Rollins uh, spinning that one. But I, I I don't know. There's there's a lot of different changes I would like to make. But uh, What do you got in mind? Well, I mean... I, I there's a lot of people that don't make sense right now. Um, then there's a lot of people that do make sense. Um, like Chad Gable, um, in his own right, the dude dude's a wrestler. He can wrestle, but there's he's so dry. He's so just blah. But every time I start thinking about Chad Gable and how I just re- really wish I never saw him wrestling again, then I think about the alternative, and I think Jason Jordan, and I go. Good God, Chad Gable's a god. Like, I would rather watch Chad Gable any day of the week than Jason Jordan. Um, I'm glad they split that up, but they're going to continue with that dumb storyline, you know, any day now. And I don't know, is he on an injury right now? Do you know? Yeah, a problem with his neck, I think. Oh, shucky darn. Well, I wish him a very, very, very long recovery. Uh, Take your time, man. Jason, if you're listening... Bro, just take care. It, it'll be there when you get back. Maybe not, but anyways, just take your time. Don't be in a hurry to come back. Um, I would like to see them stop taking people that definitely um, deserved and earned a right to be there and stop dumbing down their character. Um, I do enjoy... Finn Balor being the IC champion right now, but Finn Balor's been underutilized and they've really dumbed him down. Um, there's some people that 
you got to have jobbers, but one that I'll always come back to is, man, Tyler Breeze is my boy, man. I'm telling you, he had a great gig, and they totally just pairing him with Fandango and making them just the laughing jokes or laughing stocks and just, but I know you got to have those to kill time, but man, I'm just saying there's wasted potential there. I like Tyler Breeze and I don't know. He's out injured right now as well, I believe. But or that whole I... like model gimmick to where he used the selfie stick, that was genius. In a time of social media and and kids being just stupid with those damn selfie sticks, that was that was genius. I mean, that was a good reflection on the time and what people really are. So I don't know. I, I just I feel like they should have done something with Tyler Breeze. Um, I don't know. Um, there's going to be a lot. Of, there's a lot of people out right now. Um, oh, I'll tell you who. Who I don't care if I ever see again is man. I am so not an USO fan. Yeah, I, I could see that. They just been kind of made the uh, the focal point of the tag division. Um, but I don't mind. They're good workers. No, they. Um, they I will give them that. They are very good workers. But you can't have people being a. Polynesian warrior dancers and then suddenly say but no no really they're hardcore now they're thugs they're the Uso penitentiary yeah cause you guys have been to prison I mean um, I'm sorry you're not you're not selling it to me at all um, actually I'm looking at a, a little quick thing real quick on the injury list um, looks like Fandango's out on uh, shoulder surgery oh so he's the one that's injured yeah, he's he's out on a shoulder uh sh- shoulder surgery. Um bu- 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 let's see here. Ember Moon, we know she's out. Um I miss Ember Moon. Yeah, but you know, that might be a good thing that she's out right now because with the everyone it, it being as flooded as it is right now, I'd hate to see her get buried and turn into another Shinsuke, you know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. Uh Sankara version 42 or whoever is it is now he's out on knee surgery um Tino Sabatelli I think he was in NXT or he's out on a torn pec uh torn pec uh Dakota Kai she's got a torn ACL so she's gonna be done for a while yeah you know who I like from the women's division in NXT she's in the UK is a Zia Brookside Zia Brookside Yes. I can't. Yes. I thought it would be funny if they moved her as part of the riot squad, like a she's a heel but doesn't know she's a heel uh-huh. type of thing. Because she already kind of looks like a member of the riot squad. Oh yeah. So I wonder yeah. if we should like set up some kind of a uh, tournament bracket or do some kind of a fantasy booking. Um, I need you to check this out for me because um, I don't know where my copy is, but uh, your copy of WWE uh, 2K18, that's what you have? Yep. Can yep. you do computer versus computer? Oh, just have them fight the match? Yeah, because then we could set up some fantasy booking tournament brackets 
and see what the computer picks. Uh, raise them all up to where they're they're very strong. Give them like maybe three finishing moves or two, or or maybe even just one, and uh, go from there. See what the computer does. I actually, I actually just got my five star first five star match on there the other day Ooh. with a, a elimination tag. It was who was it? Valor DIY and AJ Styles, Jericho Owens, Rude and Neville. Yeah, I won. <laughs> well, gaming that that might be an interesting thought though. Like if uh, we set up a tournament bracket and uh, uh, of what we we would like to see, and then to uh, do, do it that way, that could, that could be interesting. Yeah, you can actually have the computers fight each other, I think. I lose to the computer all the time, too, because that stupid submission system. Yeah, I don't even get me started on that. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, all right, well, maybe that's uh, – we'll have to do some spitballing here and figure out uh, what what would work or what wouldn't work. Because I'm all up, like I said, for suggestions from not only you, Tex, but from any – I keep using the word fans loosely because this is episode one, so – so far, our biggest fans is well. My biggest fan texts is you, and I think vice versa. So, uh, pretty well, yeah. So, shouldn't our fans be called the universe? The, Isn't that? Oh my gosh, <laughs> let's not go down that road. I don't mind coming up with something corny, but I can't do the universe, man. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the colloquial term. I might be wrong. Uh, I, I was thinking about doing some kind of a promo in the beginning. Uh, Making fun of uh, Michael Balfour's uh, "Ready to Rumble," and I was I was driving around in my car going to work, and I was like, "For the hundreds of you in attendance and the dozens of you listening around your homes." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I forgot all about Michael Buffer. That's an old school reference right there. Oh yeah, that's straight out of WCW. Oh, I, I was seeing out during the whole Monday Night Wars, man. I was WCW. You were a WCW guy. I sure was, man. I remember growing up, and uh, I was all about me some DDP. And I, I remember people be at school, and they were all walking around like "suck it" and doing all the DX crap. And the whole time, I'm like, "Nah, <laughs> nah, man." So I, I was during the Monday Night Wars. I was, I picked the wrong faction. I have to say I'm not ashamed to say it, but I was WCW, and it was freaking amazing until all of WCW went NWO. See, I I watched it radically, um, but uh, I don't remember why I picked which brand I picked. I honestly or brand. That's such a now term. Uh, wh- which company I picked, I honestly don't remember. I just, when I first, I watched it when I was a kid a lot, you know, growing up. You had Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and oh yeah, uh, Steamboat and all those guys, the Ultimate Warrior, Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember Saturday mornings, uh, watching cartoons and I'd flip be flipping channels and I'd come across WCW and I told you this the other day it'd be like out would walk Hulk Hogan and everyone's like yeah and then he was fighting 
versus man and red trunks. And it's like, oh, he's going to die. <laughs> and, that, and that's the way it was. It was just squash matches all the time. It was just some generic wrestler, A, random random creative character and uh, versus Hulk Hogan. It's like, hmm, wonder who's going to win this one. Well, you never know. Generic wrestler A in the red trunks. He he might have had a bad morning or something. He was just just pissed off enough to take down the Hulkster. You just yeah, never know. I'll tell you what, though. Generic, especially nowadays, though. Generic wrestler A. Like, um, I I can I can tell you. Uh, I know several independent wrestlers, several that are wrestle locally from uh, East Carondelet. To uh, there's a, gr- a group over in Marion. Um, I know there's a place over in Litchfield. Um, I this know- is Illinois for people wondering, though. Oh yeah, correct, correct. That um, several of these people have been on WWE programming. Uh, one guy in particular that I know. Um, it was funny. He didn't wrestle, but there was a segment where they brought in the police to haul uh, Brock Lesnar out. And he was one of, he was one of the police officers. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, um, <laughs> one of the guys that I know, um, he was uh, a squash match. Uh, he did a tag team match with somebody on on a WWE live uh, house show. Um, one guy that wrestles out of East Carondelet, um, he used to wrestle WWE back in the day, but uh, he just never made it big. And I also know another guy that wrestled WWE back in the day who also didn't make it big. But I know several uh, talents that, uh, you know, I appreciate even more now to, to know that they actually had the opportunity to to be there. So, I mean, well, I, you I just fully support independent wrestlers. You never know who you're going to see that might make it big. Like CM Punk, if, for people that don't know, I am a huge CM Punk mark. Um you would hear me screech like a eagle picking up a badger if he ever just like came out of the Royal Rumble or something. You would be able to hear it as far away as Paris, probably. For for the and record, I, for the record, when I worked at uh, this Toyota forklift plant uh, back in the day in Indiana, I uh, ever I worked in um, it was called the laser cutting department. And long story short. It was a plasma laser cutter that would cut steel into like these cookie cutter shapes, and I would actually put it on a table and knock the parts out and and, and you know sort them. Well, I had to wear basically cut proof gloves because they would that would slice up my hands. It's steel. Well, you typically had to keep your gloves on or you didn't get to go through all these gloves day after day after day. Like it got costly. Well, I wore the same gloves every day, but I was the only one. I would always put X's on my hands. (laughs) So you had a little CM Punk Um, in you too. So even though I didn't know that much about CM Punk, I did know about the whole straight edge thing and I'm about a straight edge. Did you'll ever get? And, uh, yeah, everybody knew. Whose gloves? Uh, I, I was, you know, when they when they saw those gloves, they said those were Barnes's gloves because he he puts those X's on those hands. It's kind of weird you mention Indiana because that's the point I was getting to. He got his start, but where he really made a name for himself was wrestling for a uh, man. 
what was that promotion called? It was run by Balls Mahoney, if I remember right. But they mostly ran Indiana, like southern to central Indiana. Yeah, but um, I'll, t- I'll tell you how he almost didn't make it was the fact that Paul Heyman was so for him that Vince was against him. Yeah, Paul Heyman and Shawn Michaels, of all people. Yeah, they were like, this dude has got something special. And um, forgot what other point I was going to make there. Like I said, my brain's kind of scatterbrained at times. Yeah. Um, it's all right. I'm, I'm, I know the more I'm watching Punk now, the more I can appreciate him. Uh, I like his, the fact that his promos are so brutally honest that it feels like it's fake. Because <laughs> he'll come out and he'll be like, okay, number one, you all suck. I'm smarter than anybody else in this room. And when Chris Jericho pulled that crap, you're like, oh, Jericho, being a bad guy. When Punk came out, it's like, you know what? I don't know about you, but this guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He just played it so well. well but that's uh, the thing. I didn't know he was playing. Like, you can't tell when Punk is playing because he flat out, like, even that one clip you sent me with him and The Rock, and The Rock's doing his normal, like, the people are who matter and blah, 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 blah. And CM Punk's like, okay, yeah, go ahead, cheer people. Go ahead, pull those strings, you bunch of puppets. And he's just going off on them. I'm going, crap. I thought The <laughs> Rock was going to hit him for real for a moment there. Like, dude. <laughs> oh, that's the point I was going to make. Oh, there's a match. You can pull it up. It's CM Punk when he's very young, just starting out at this promotion in Indiana. And a triple threat with Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Ooh. And the quality is not that great, but you can find it on um, like uh, YouTube. But it's still just a fun match to watch because it's like a 25-year-old punk versus these two legends for a random belt in the middle of the uh, uh, Midwest, you know, at a high school gym. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Well, yep. I'll tell you what, we're, we definitely need to start getting some content on, uh, once I get off here, I'm going to set you up, make sure you're an admin if you're not already on, uh, the So Over Wrestling group page on Facebook. That way you can, uh, any clips you come across, feel free to post on there. I made the group public, so anybody can join, anybody can get on there, um, anybody can share, um, feel free, share away. There will be, I promise you all. Um, so over wrestling, uh, com will be available. It is not up and running yet, but it will be soon. And there'll be more information there as well. Um, Tex, I think we're going to, at approaching, uh, two hours and, uh, 30 minutes. I think we're going to go ahead and, uh, in this program for now, we will definitely look into bringing more content, um, Maybe I'll make some of these segments shorter. It, it, we're we're going to be playing it by ear for now and just seeing what happens. And uh, thank you all for listening to this podcast. I look forward to doing many, many more, whether it's smack talking WWE or singing his praises. I can't wait to see what WrestleMania 2019 to WrestleMania 2020 holds for us. So with that being said... Thank you all for listening. Tex, do you have any parting words you'd like to throw out there? 
Well, just thanks for tuning in. Um, we're going to build from here. Uh, both of us think kind of eclectically. So um, sorry for the, the random nature of what gets brought up. Uh, but thanks for everyone for listening and uh, see you again next week. All right. Take care, everyone. And remember to subscribe when available to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and there will also be an RSS feed available if you have another uh, podcast uh, player. So make sure you subscribe and listen to them. And uh, thank you all. Have a great week. And uh, can't wait to talk next Monday about the next week. So have a good one, everyone. Goodbye. See you, universe. You would say that. You would say universe. (laughs) 